The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to Jamie D and Big Newt. Thank you for joining us once again. I'm Jamie D'Amico. He is Big Chris Newton. What up, go? That was loud. (laughs) I'm excited. Normally, we come at you in the middle of the week, but this, this is going to be your preview show for... The Bills wild card round game against the Indianapolis Colts. Man, the Bills division winner, two seed in the AFC. Here it is. It's happening, big man. It's happening now. Yeah, man. We had to get it in this week, 13 and three, after dismantling of our AFC East rivals, the Miami Dolphins. We squished the fish, like Bills Mafia loved to say, and it was a glorious day, dude. I'm so stoked for Saturday at 1 o'clock Eastern. You know, that that is, in reflecting on that game, that is the greatest way of showing the other team in the division that they're your little brother. We are going to, not only are we going to beat you down, we're going to beat you down and make sure that you can't make the playoffs. Yep. Sorry, son. You're going to have to come back next year because you just don't have what it takes yet. I love it. And even if they somehow fell into the playoffs, they were going to end up playing the Bills this week and they wouldn't have gone in with any confidence whatsoever. Instead, you've got the Colts looking at the Bills thinking to themselves, oh my God, how do we stop this offense? Because the Bills offense has been absolutely insane lately. Interesting stat here. Since the Bills' bye week, that's been six games, the Bills have on average beat their opponents by nearly three touchdowns. That is prolific. Man, it's a beautiful thing, man. And so you look at, you remember, like, if you have a big brother or just somebody you older than, and they try to sure. swing at you, and they you just holding their head, and they just swinging, swinging, swinging. That's literally what we did to Miami, dude. And they got their fans got mad and felt like we was running it up. How did we run it up when we pulled our starting quarterback who had 240-some yards and three touchdowns? We pulled him into half, and then we brought in our backup dude, the dude that only played like maybe 10 snaps the whole season, and he came in and gave you 160 yards and a touchdown. 
And then we brought in our free uh undrafted free agent rookie running back, Antonio Williams from UNC, and he comes in and run down your throat for two touchdowns. And then on top of that, the cherry on top, my man Isaiah McKenzie. Three yeah. touchdowns and a punt return. And he's not even our return man. Our all pro return man didn't even play. Like it was just a beautiful thing, man. Like I couldn't have asked for anything more, especially from a team who was trying to get in the playoffs. It ain't like the, the Dolphins was a scrub. You see what I'm saying? That's why all the accolades we're getting, we deserve it. Don't don't be ashamed. Don't be like, oh no, it's still the Bills. No, damn that. This is not the Bills. We don't have a. They don't have an all pro. Never had an all pro <laughs> type quarterback. Yeah, I'm going on a rent now because I'm tired. Do it. Bring I'm, it. <laughs> I'm going on a rent, man. You love the new rents, okay? I do love the new rents. And so I don't want to hear everything we getting right now. Yeah, you're right. We are Super Bowl contenders, and right now we're. We're the hottest team in the AFC. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we're going to win the Super Bowl. But you to say that we're not Super Bowl contenders, I cursed somebody out on Monday. My boy in New Orleans, I cursed him out when he said we're not Super Bowl contenders because we've never done it. He well, said, what's his argument? He's saying that, well, Buffalo has never won it. Buffalo ain't been to – Josh Allen ain't never won a playoff game, so you can't be a contender unless you won a playoff game. And I was like, well, Josh Allen is playing like the best quarterback in the league. We got an all-pro type receiver. We never had that. You see what I'm saying? So you can't look at the past and dictate, oh, you're not a contender. I just think that's totally off base. Wait a minute. So he was – basically by that logic – the Chiefs were not a Super Bowl contender last year because they hadn't won a Super Bowl since Super Bowl II. Yeah, well, did they win the year before, though? I think his logic is you— Well, I meant two years ago. Okay, well, yeah. Until you win in the playoffs, then you feel like you're not a contender. And I'm like, you could be a contender without winning. Like, we could lose. Like, I feel like we're going to win this Saturday. But if we don't win Saturday, that don't mean that we're not contenders. I feel like the New Orleans Saints are contenders every year. And they lose in the first round all the time. Yes, they do. You know what I'm saying? But they still are contenders. That don't take yeah. you can't look after the fact and say, oh no, you're not a contender. No, you are a contender. I feel like we're contenders. The Chiefs are contenders. I feel like Baltimore's a contender. Um, and then maybe you can say Tennessee, but I'm not scared of Tennessee. You said what I'm about saying? the Ravens? Yeah, I said I said Baltimore, KC, and Bills, and you might be able to throw in Tennessee. I feel like and those the Ravens. Are- you said Baltimore, and for whatever reason, you keep saying Baltimore, and it's not sinking in. Yeah, saying, <laughs> I keep saying Baltimore, and you say, "What about the Ravens?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Wait a minute, is it? Yeah, the Baltimore Ravens." <laughs> but once again, it's only because I'm not listening to you. Because while you're speaking, I'm looking at porn on my computer. Oh God! Oh jeez! <laughs> but yeah, anyway, man, yeah, I'm just excited for it, man, and and I and I can't wait for Saturday. And a lot of Bills Mafia, man, you know us Buffaloes. A lot of us are mad because we're playing at one o'clock, and you, me, and uh, you, Seth, and I um, had a debate about that. I think I love us playing at one. We shouldn't be playing in prime time at seven o'clock because I don't think it's going to be a good game. I think we're going to blow the doors off the Colts. Whoa. So, you know, that's something that's interesting to say because the Bills have been playing amazing lately, but the Colts, you know, I thought that they were a bit of a patsy, but we're we're talking about an 11-win team. And by the way, all of the wild card teams in the AFC won 11 games. 
stacked. So mm-hmm. let's let's digress for one moment. The Bills ended up losing one game that they shouldn't have. That, that game against against Arizona. the Cardinals, Arizona. Yeah. So had they won that game, they would have been fourteen and two, and still have been the number two seed. How the hell does that happen? And it, of course, is only going to happen to the Bills. That's just like Buffalo luck right there. But hey, that's fine. You got to go on the road to win one game? Psh, I don't care. This is the team that can do it. So before we even get into the Colts, I just want to ask a question because I'm excited to. Doesn't this team have have a similar feel to that 1990 Bills team? That team that launched the no huddle offense, that played at that speed the entire game, that was blowing the doors off of their opponents because they they couldn't be stopped offensively. That team that had future Hall of Famers on it, and I'm not saying this current team has Hall of Famers on it, but what I'm saying is there is this air of inevitability with this Buffalo team that is saying, hey, you know what? All of a sudden, they are a really good team, a force to be reckoned with. Jim Rome, you know Jim Rome, loving the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Colin Cowherd loving them. Pundits everywhere are saying, this is the team to look out for. And that was never the case before. I was talking about little brothers earlier. You were talking about them too. Buffalo was always the little brother that was going to get beat up by somebody along the way and to be you know, sent back home you know, to not play with the big boys. Well, they are the big boy all of a sudden. And that's what that 1990 team was. They were the big boy and everybody saw them as being the, basically inevitable that they were going to end up in the Super Bowl. This team... It has a similar feel, but the one difference, that Buffalo Bills team did not have a Kansas City Chiefs, a team that just went 15-1 and waiting for them in the playoffs. I can see the parallels with that. Um, I might say something that's sacrilegious right now, and people might not like me. Right now, Josh Allen is better than Jim Kelly at that point. And what I mean is, huh. this. think about it, hold on. One of my friends told me, I, I swore by Jim Kelly. I thought Jim Kelly was an all-time great. If you look at his passing statistics, they're not what, what Josh Allen's is. When Josh Allen no. broke pass, Bill's passing record, he broke Drew Bretzel's record. It wasn't Jim Kelly's record. Okay, so if you're just talking about passing, and once again, please don't, don't throw eggs at me. Josh Allen, I will take Josh Allen right now, how he's playing. Not over a career. Don't project out longevity. I'm talking about right now today. I would take Josh Allen over a 1990 Jim Kelly. Now, I'm not saying that Josh Allen's going to be a Hall of Famer. This could be, I mean, I hate to say this, but I'm going to down, calm down a little bit and miss my words, okay? What if this is a flash in the pan? Okay, like look at Lamar Jackson last year. He won MVP. He did not play at an MVP level this year, although he's still good. He was MVP last year, and this year he didn't even make the Pro Bowl. All right, right but he's getting back there. Yeah, he he's playing good. Don't get me wrong. He's still playing good, but he's not playing MVP. You see what I'm saying? He's not yep. playing Pro Bowl. Now you have Josh Allen ascending. 
Okay, so hopefully he can keep ascending and keep this level of play up. And I and I feel like with uh with uh Brandon Bean putting better pieces around him, he will continue that as long as we have him. But I will take Josh Allen right now over Jim Kelly in nineteen ninety. Okay? okay, here's here's my counter to that statement. Okay. Okay. We have a completely different NFL now than we had 30 years ago. That 30 years ago, it was three yards in a cloud of dust. You had to have a strong running game, and teams were not throwing the short passes the way they are now. So none of the quarterbacks, none of the quarterbacks had the same completion percentages. They didn't throw nearly as often as as they do now. That was, if you go back and look at the games from 30 years ago, the receivers were running 10, 20 yard patterns on every play. Now, Andre Reed did a lot of stuff underneath, but you didn't have the three yard outs, the the bubble screens, the the little like shovel passes. It just it that was not that was not the game. It was the 49ers under Bill Walsh that began doing that with the with the West Coast offense. West I just Coast don't offense. think I just don't think you can I don't think you can compare the game even 20 years ago to the game now. I think that Drew Bledsoe and the records that are being broken at the moment was more prolific than what Josh Allen is doing now because he was doing it in a in a different sort of system. The and with the rule changes that they have now, it's much easier for receivers to get open downfield. Um, it's more three-step drops. Most quarterbacks are throwing the ball in under two and a half seconds. That was not the case. It was seven-step drops. It was hold the ball for three seconds, wait for your patterns to develop while your receivers are getting mugged by the defensive backs, you know, 15, 20 yards downfield. Different game. Can't compare it. Screw you. <laughs> okay, I do no. Let, hold on, let's talk like educated men. Uh, both of us are educated people. No, right, I'm mad at you now. Let's peel. Let's peel the onion back. It is a different NFL, but do you do realize that a player like Dan Marino, also a Hall of Famer, threw for five thousand yards in '84, threw for forty-one hundred and eighty-five, threw for forty-seven hundred yards in '86. So there were passers back in the day. Okay, so you can't. It was him and like Neil Lomax. Okay, well, I'm just saying it happened, didn't it? It happened. It it did. Dan Fouts did it too, but those were anomalies. Those were teams that had great quarterbacks that were throwing the ball because they couldn't run the ball. And that leads to our next difference. Okay, great segue. I feel like Thurman Thomas. Hall of Famer, one of the best do it all purpose backs. We don't have a running game nearly as prolific as that. Although I like Antonio Williams, the running game back then was way more proficient than what we have. And the offensive line was way better. I agree. I totally agree with that. So it's give and take. So it is some differences. And I'm not nitpicking. I'm just saying, I'm just giving you the differences of that. But yes, I do feel that this could be the start of something sustainable and something that could be like when we made the three uh the four Super Bowl runs. We just gotta take care of business this weekend. Yes. Um, still screw you, but we do have to talk about the game this weekend. <laughs> so the Colts. I thought they were a patsy 
leading into this, but the more I've studied it coming up to this show, the more I'm thinking, you know what? This is a formidable team. I, I've been looking at the running game. I, I've been looking at uh, Jonathan Taylor and uh, his backup Hines. These guys are fast. They get to the edge really well. And you're going to see them running outside of their guards almost exclusively against the Bills because I think that this team believes they have the horses to get on the outside. I think they believe that they're more athletic than the Bills' defense. What are you thinking? Now, Jonathan Taylor, he's the third leading rusher in the NFL. Does that worry you? He averages five yards a carry. He scored 11 times. Of course it does. Um, They're a good team. I'm not going to take that away from them. They beat some good teams this year. They beat Green Bay. Um, but a lot of their wins were against teams that weren't that good. So they're quite similar to us in some ways. But I wouldn't say that Phil, it all comes down to quarterback play. Phil Rivers threw for about 4,200 yards. He tossed 24 touchdowns. Okay. I'm not scared of Phil Rivers. I'm, I feel like we can contain Jonathan Taylor. Okay. I, can they beat us? Yes, they can beat us. But we're seven-point right. favorites at midweek. Okay, the only uh, line that's wider is Pittsburgh and Cleveland. It's like a 10-point line. Okay? Mm-hmm. I, I would be disappointed, utterly disappointed if we lose this game, but I'm not scared. And that's all you can ask for. I'm not scared when I turn on the TV. Yeah. Yeah. Like last year, for example, against the Texans, you just didn't know what was going to happen. Right. And for as well as the Bills started that game, they also unraveled. They also unraveled during that game. And I don't feel like this Bills team is going to do that. Particularly Josh Allen came unglued exactly. in that game. And exactly. he is a different player now. And a, a player that I think can handle the spotlight. You saw earlier in the season, you saw the hero ball BS that he liked to do last year. He's not there anymore. He takes what's in front of him. He's showing a great amount of maturity. And if he can keep that alive, I feel like if the Bills sell out to stop the run. Now, Philip Rivers, he doesn't scare me, but he is a savvy quarterback. He's accurate. He doesn't have a big arm on him, so you can bring your safeties up a little bit to help against the run, but he's smart, and he's going to find the open receiver when they're open. And T.Y. Hilton, he's getting old, but he's still a good receiver. Um, I think the Bills secondary can can shut down their receivers. I, I think you sell out to stop the run, even when your base defense, as the Bills is, is going to be a, a nickel. I, I think that having that additional speed is going to be really good for stopping these basically track stars that the Colts have as running backs. And uh, to piggyback off what you said, T.Y. Hilton got on social media, and I guess he said uh, in his media availability that he felt like <laughs> he felt like we were going to shadow him as far as uh, – putting our best DBs on him, you know what I'm saying? Like, shadow, and I'm like, dude, are you kidding me right now? Like, we're not worried about your – we're not worried at all about your wide receiver core. And to 
insinuate that Trey White was going to somehow like follow you over the field. That's that's not going to happen. So that makes me even wonder: Did they even watch film of us? Like I'm not <laughs> worried about Ty Hilton, dude. We played against, we shut down dudes way better than him. So I'm not worried about him at all. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I just think that that was kind of funny that he would bring that up. Like, oh, you all gotta like we gotta draw attention and extra coverage to him. He has receivers like are such yards. divas, aren't they? They are. They are. And he has like <laughs> 600 yards receiving for the year. Like, dude, we're not worried about you. And once again, I'm knocking on wood because I know I, with the sports guys, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, dude, if you want to talk crap, yeah, I'm going to get you this L. All I'm saying is if we play anywhere near the level that we've been playing the last 10 weeks, we should make easy work of this team. And now going back to Josh Allen also, tell me this. Do you think this year's Josh Allen, if we had to play Houston again last Play Houston again last year. Do you think we'll lose to them again? Not a chance. No, not a not, chance. not a chance. <laughs> because you know what ended up happening is in that game the the defense started giving up points and Josh Allen panicked. You wouldn't see that this year. You wouldn't see the turnovers, the the you know the attempts at heaving the ball fifty yards downfield to a fullback who's double covered, you just you wouldn't see that. You would see smarter plays, better clock management. That's another thing. I think Sean McDermott is a much better coach than last year too. Exactly. I, I think he manages the game just he hired people basically for game management and that's been that's been a huge difference this year. You know, you don't see the stupid clock usage and you don't see the the thrown away uh, uh, challenge flags and stuff like that. I but, agree. you know, you mentioned something that I, I thought was interesting and you said something about similarities between the teams. And here's a similarity that I wanted to point out. These two teams made the two most impactful trades of any two teams in the NFL before the season began. It was obviously the Bills trading for Stephon Diggs, but defensive tackle DeForest Buckner yep. was on the San Francisco 49ers and the Colts traded traded for him, gave up a first-round pick. DeForest Buckner turned around this Colts defense. Their D is good this year, and he has been a man possessed. He's had a bad ankle for three weeks, and in those three weeks, he's had five sacks. Mm-hmm. What the hell, man? That's coming from the center of their line. Whew, that he worries me because he's the left defensive tackle. That's going to put him up against Ike Butker. And we saw what happened to him when Cam Hayward of Pittsburgh was lined up across from him. They're going to have to double team this guy. I can see that, man. And, and, and he's having a great year, and that turned out to be a great trade. But if you look at the defense overall, the defense overall is no better than Miami's defense that we disseminated last week. We destroyed them. And well, so, nobody's better than them. They were number one. Yeah. So if we hung 60 on them and if we played to that caliber, we had to worry about their corners. We had to worry about their D-line. My thing is, if we played anywhere near that, then I wouldn't be worried about Indianapolis. Right. That that's a good point, and also they've they've got some injuries. Uh, the rookie Rock Yasin is that how you pronounce his last name? Yasin. Uh, I think so. Anyway, uh, he 
he makes plays, both good and bad, but you know, he's he's young gambler at cornerback. They've got Xavier Rhodes on the other side. They've got some good players on the back end. But who's going to cover Stephon Diggs? I mean, the guy's uncoverable right now, and I'm not worried about a, a rookie keeping up with him. I have no idea what their game plan is going to be because, I mean, right now, and I don't know if you saw, but Diggs is dealing with um, – Bruised the bleats. He said he'll be ready for Saturday. We still don't know the status of uh, Beasley. I'm assuming since we brought in uh, extra wide receiver help last week that he might not be able to go. So I'm worried about that. But, I mean, Gabriel Davis had 120 yards receiving a couple of touchdowns last week. If he On two to- catches. Yeah. So if he has to have a bigger workload, I think we'll be okay. Um but yeah, I think I don't know what their game plan is going to be with us. Um, I can't call it. Um, but that once again, their defense is nowhere near ours. So I mean, not near ours, but near Miami at this point. So we just go in there. We don't make silly mistakes and kill ourselves. I feel like we're going to be great. Here's what I think they're going to do. Um, since they've got some physical dudes on their defensive line. They're going to drop a lot of people into coverage and rely on their front four to stop the run, which, you know, the Bills still, it it has not been a good run game this year, but they've ran when they've needed to, especially at the end of games. They're going to drop into coverage. They are going to see what they can do uh, when it comes to throwing strange blitzes because I, I believe teams think that they can confuse Josh Allen and the the tendencies are there where you know he may not know where the rush is coming from. He's gotten better over the course of the season. I, I think we can agree on that, right? I definitely agree. Because you and I had a lot of discussion earlier in the year when we were talking about how Josh Allen he's leaving the pocket early because he doesn't know what he's looking at. Yep. Something changed after the bye, though. Yeah, it seems like it because it, it feels like he had a better grasp of what he's seeing, you know. And I was and I was talking about that a lot last year. You could you can't see what he sees from the television view, and that's why I enjoy going to the games so you can see the whole field. Okay. Yeah. So, but you can see what he's thinking by looking at his feet. You know what I'm saying? And so, if you're rolling out of the pocket when you don't supposed to, you're seeing ghosts. That's what they call seeing ghosts. And you call quarterback people call it, you got the yips. Okay. When you move, you don't suppose to move, and you moving out the pocket and you're not standing there and looking down. That means you got the yips. You're not you're scared of messing up. You're scared of taking a hit. And you're seeing ghosts. You're seeing things that's not there. I don't see none of that in his game lately. The last couple of months, he seems calm collected. He feels like he is bigger than the moment. You could just tell by his poise in the pocket. I don't even have to see the receivers. You remember his first year when we used to be like, when he got ready to throw, and we were like, oh, shoot. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yes. you didn't know where the ball was going to go. Now, whenever he lets it rip, I just automatically think it's a completion. I automatically think it's completion. Yeah. And think I, I pretty much feel like it's either a completion or a throwaway now. Uh, throw like away. he's purposefully throwing it out of bounds. 
And think about his touchdown pass to McKenzie. It was kind of a sidearm type deal into the end zone. It looked weird, but boom, he was wide open in the end zone, got him. And so now he's changing the arm and the trajectory of the passes. He, I just feel like he has the total grasp of the game that I couldn't believe that he would get and how far he's come as, since his rookie year. I think he's going to be the beacon of why I think he's the reason why Miami won't draft the quarterback at number three, because they're going to like, okay, Tua played okay this year, but look how good Josh Allen got. Let's give him some weapons and give him some time. I, I, I would think you would be foolish to try to draft another quarterback if you're Miami. Two years in a row, I, I think you got to roll with Tua there. But uh, speaking don't. of – no, I want to speak on that. No, no, don't just move on. Oh, if you oh, had, what? If, what? If Miami had the number one pick and you could get Trevor Lawrence, I would get Trevor Lawrence. Okay, perhaps if okay. you could get Trevor Lawrence. But okay, they, they can't get him. Right. I'm just what I'm trying to say is if it was a guy there at three that was a can't miss who you know hands down slap the table is better than Tua, then I would bring him in and then I would just trade Tua. Because oh, you can't sure. pass on a guy. Don't do not do what we did. Once again, I keep butchering Tyrod Taylor, and I like Tyrod Taylor. I met him at the uh, I met him at the Sweet 16 last year at D.C. I took a picture with him. I'll post it. Really? I know, oh, yeah. I know people think I'm always crapping on Tyrod, but he, he's an example. Don't be us with Tyrod when we passed on uh, Mahomes and we passed up on uh, Watson saying, oh, we got a guy. No, yeah, those are guys. Tua might be just a guy, but if you got a guy like Trevor Lawrence who's a can't miss, they're describing him as a can't miss. Yeah, so if you got somebody like Andrew Luck that was came out in Stanford, he's a can't miss guy. Peyton Manning can't miss guy. If you got a chance to get a can't miss guy, then I would draft another quarterback because don't pass on somebody thinking you got one and you don't think he's as good as this one. That's all I'm saying. Okay, sure. I, I agree with that. If uh, Trevor Lawrence is there, you take Trevor Lawrence. But okay. that he's not going to be there at three. True. I guess I'm being yeah. argumentative right now. Okay. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I'll i say it again. Screw you, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't even remember what I was going to say before uh, I, I said it. you got to keep Tua. Oh, yes. We were talking about Josh Allen, and it was two games ago when against the Patriots when Josh Allen had that touchdown pass to Diggs where he rolled out to his left and then threw the ball where only Diggs could get it. Right. This is the maturation of Josh Allen. There was a a pass attempt earlier in the year that was almost just like that, and it was incredibly inaccurate. And we said right here on the show, we said the reason he didn't complete that pass is because he didn't set his feet before he threw. He threw off the wrong foot and his lower half was facing the sideline mm-hmm. as opposed to ha- his hips should have been facing the opposite sideline, basically. Right. You Josh Allen, he swung his body around. It's like he learned from that bad throw. He swung his body around to set up his feet so he could drive the ball down the field. It's little things like that that are making the difference in this guy. Why I personally am so confident when he's dropping back to throw the ball now. Also, they're so good on third downs. Mm-hmm. That makes you feel good. 
It does, man. And like I said, the way he's playing at this point, I, I will put him with Mahomes. I'll put him with Aaron Rodgers and everybody else in the playoffs. I feel like they're chasing those top three guys right now. I think that's true. I think that's true. So what what are you looking for in the Bills for success in the game on Saturday? Pass the ball on the field. Keep carrying on. Like I said before, just keep carrying over what we've been doing the last two months um, and put the ball in Josh Allen's hand and let him just go to work. Um, I don't think we're going to be able to run that often. If we can run, if we could get up, like I feel like our template lately has been jump up and then milk the clock towards the end. Um, if that happens, that'll be great. Once again, I don't think this is going to happen, but I know a lot of Buffaloes are talking about they want to see Antonio Williams because that dude ran hard last week against a great defense. This ain't he no preseason game. They don't think, oh, this is just, oh, the scrubs was out there. No, their starters were still out there, and that dude was running hard. And that's why I tell people, even when I'm dealing with Little League JFL football, if you got a guy a running back that runs hard, he makes the line look a lot better. Like the line looked like a whole different line when once he got in the game. A lot of him and a lot of Zach Moss, and you could sprinkle in some Singletary. That's what I would love to see. That probably won't happen, okay? But I would love to see him, man, get a couple carries. I think he earned it last week. And you would think that a guy as physical as he, because, I mean, he just craves contact out there. Oh, yeah. You would think he could be a difference maker on special teams, too. Anybody who wants to hit like that and play with that kind of energy, those are just the dudes that are made to play on teams. Right, right. I just I can't imagine him not being able to help us, like, moving forward. Like, I, I just I want to see more of him. Unfortunately, they will probably send him back down to the practice squad and um, use Taiwan Jones. That's the roster move that they're going to end up making. Um, but I am going to need to see the Bills stop the run in order for them to come out of this game successfully. Stop the run, score 35 points. Then you do those two things, they're going to win. Uh, but they're only going to score 35 points if they stop the run. If if uh, the Colts dominate the time of possession, that makes it a tougher game for Buffalo. I'm not saying the Bills can't score quickly. They can. But hold them to under 150 yards rushing, score 35 points, Bills win. So you you sound kind of worried. I know you're the eternal pessimist, but eternal pessimist, yes. But what, who do you think is going to win this game? Like you sound kind of scared. Well, I, I I'm saying that these are my keys to a Bills victory. Okay, but so you- am I scared? Yeah, every single week, man. You know me. I, I crap my pants every game. So literally, you're scared this weekend. Only because it's one and done. Right. I don't think... Well, so what you're saying is you would be scared even if we were the Chiefs. You'd be scared if we were Green Bay. You said I'm saying? Like, if you don't feel good about this weekend, you're saying you're never going to feel good. I... I, I think I have a healthy amount of respect for playoff opponents. 
because nobody saw the uh, the Titans making their run last year. They ended up in the championship game and they were a wild card team, but they just they pulled it together really well. Right, and they upset. Right, right. I get it. But my thing is, I didn't feel like this last last year. I was just no, neither happy. did I. I just was happy to like. I felt like how you feel last year. Like, okay, I'm happy to be here. Whatever happens, happens. And once we lost, it felt like a billsy loss because we started out fire. We started out good, and then we fell apart the second half. I don't feel nothing like that this year. Well, let me. <laughs> Let me clarify. Last year, I felt like the wild card game was our Super Bowl. Right. That's true. This year, the only thing that will be our Super Bowl to me is the Super Bowl. Because I have expectations that the Bills are going to at least get to the conference championship. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. All right. All right. That's yeah. fair. That's fair. Yeah. If we lose any, if, if we lose in a conference championship, then. I'm going to just look at it like, oh, man, we missed the opportunity, but it was still a great season. If we lose anywhere before then, I'm going to be disappointed. Yeah. Losing in the playoff round would be, or the wild card round would be absolutely deflating. Yeah. This team is too good for that. Yeah, this is too good. That means we just fell apart. I mean, we're pretty much healthy. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't see how we could. And we're at home. And yeah. it's a dome team coming to Buffalo. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, we got all the cards in our corner. If we can't pull this off, then I feel like that's a step back. I definitely agree. Right. But Sean McDermott, he gets his teams ready to play. We've talked about this. It's it's going to be – the team is going to be up for it. And, by the way, did you read the uh, article written by – Deion Dawkins in the Players Tribune? Not yet. Not yet. I see y'all posted it on the website. I'm going to get to it um, from the Players Tribune. It's on my to-do list. Okay. It is so good. And, you know, it, it gives you some great insight to how the snowman views the team and the city and the fans. And they, he's, he made it very clear that they will not be content with merely getting to the playoffs. They expect Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. They they expect, as you would say, they bet they the Super bet. Bowl is happening. <laughs> and also I, on my to-do list, there's two articles on ESPN.com. One is a cover story on Stefan Diggs, and there's another one on this uh on uh the rise of Josh Allen. So also check that out too. Ah. Yeah, we're going to have to make sure that we post these uh, on Twitter. Um, by the way, for those of you who are listening, I'm at the Jamie D'Amico. He's at big underscore newt. Yep. You got you to gotta interact with us. Um, he, especially the big man there, posts some fantastic content. If you want to see his big ass running with the football downfield faster than everybody else, psh, go check out his feed. <laughs> Many moons ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet you still got some wheels on you though. Man, I'll pull a hamstring. Did you see Jimbo Fisher? They tried <laughs> with Texas and them won their bowl game the other day. And no. uh, they tried to douse him with Gatorade. He sprinted like 20 yards and he pulled a hamstring, dude. 
Did he really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of bowl games, Notre Dame took it on the 10 again in the first round of the playoffs so in the Rose Bowl. Damn it. An- another damn it. Uh, the weather report for Saturday, looking at 34 degrees and mostly sunny. Yeah. I, I could go for it being at least 15 degrees cooler and some sleep. Yeah. But a dry day will help us out, man, to throw the football. I mean, I think they're going to try to pound the ball regardless. So, right. I think that'll help us in our passing game. We just got to hope that uh, Diggs is okay and maybe we'll see Beasley. Uh, yeah, I don't have very much confidence that Beasley's going to make it back uh, in over the next couple of weeks. I read an article actually on Buffalo Fanatics. It was a medical person talking about what he thought the injury was based on the way Beasley's knee buckled. And this looks like it could be anywhere from two to six weeks of him missing time. And six weeks would that be the entire postseason. That would be the worst because... As they get deeper into the playoffs, you need Beasley. The guy moves the chains. He's just been fantastic this year. But you got to think that if he's anywhere close, even 50-50, he's going to play. Yeah, I hope to see him. But it sounds kind of bleak. Like I said, we brought in other guys. Um, And so, I mean, it's next man up. And that's been our mantra the whole time. So, I don't know if he's going to be able to play or not. And if he does, then that don't mean he's going to be – the Cole Beasley we know. So we just got to depend on more guys. Well, Gabe Davis, now is your chance. It's supposed to snow here Friday, so I don't know how much this is going to stick or whatever. So if the weather holds up, man, I hope to make it up there and see you, buddy. But if not, then we'll just watch from the comforts of our home and cheer on our bills, man. This is going to be great. Oh, actually, it's looking up mid-40s and uh, a little bit of sun that day. Man, you got to make it. You got to make it. We we need a big newt sighting here in D.C. Well, hopefully I can do that, man. I would love to see you, buddy. I'm going to throw you over my shoulders as usual when we score. We haven't done that in years. <laughs> it has been a while. And I've lost weight recently because um, I was on some like stupid restricted diet. You better be careful because you may throw me in the air like a toddler. <laughs> I got you covered, buddy. Ah, oh, fantastic. Um, what I don't want is for me to accidentally put on weight and you hurt yourself throwing me up. No, I'm in shape. I'm in Good. shape. I think I can get you. Yeah, I noticed that. When when you did those 10 push-ups for that push-up challenge, jeez, mm-hmm. you were freaking flying, man. Hey, man, I, I, just, I, I was always told to have your chest stick out further than your gut. So as long as I could do that, I might be, I'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll do push-ups and bench, and that's about it, man, when I lift. So, Well, it's working, man. You're strong. Thanks, man. Hope to see you, brother. Well, I, uh, I can't wait for this game. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to us. I'm Jamie D'Amico. He's Big Chris Newton. Chris... Newton has a song for us. Sing it, Big Newt. Let's get this win this week so we can win at 1 o'clock, be done by 4, and just enjoy the rest of the weekend as we get ready for the second round. Hey, hey, hey.
more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.